Uh, this morning I'm going to be preaching to a bunch of donkeys, and uh, that's no, no, I'm not going to be preaching to donkeys. I'm going to be preaching about donkeys. Let me get my words right here, and uh, we're going to be talking about donkeys and what does donkeys have to do with destiny? And I believe before you leave here, you'll figure it out that uh, you can be. Uh, pursuing donkeys, but yet discover your destiny. And that's what we want to look at today. If you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, we're going to read several verses of Scripture. They'll be on the overhead for you as well if you want to follow along. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the meat of the story that God has for us. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head. And he kissed him and he said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? And then you shall go on forward from there and come to the territory at Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, and one carrying three goats, and one carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Boy, nothing like a prophet giving you the details, right? Even telling you what, the, what folks that you meet are going to be carrying and what they're going to offer you. So the prophet Samuel continues to speak. He said, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will, will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Let me tell you what, when you do what God's called you to do, you get turned into another man, turned into another woman. How many of you want to be who God created you to be? Amen. You want to be who God created you to be. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do uh, as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you and to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. When you turn to walk the word out, God will give you the heart to do it. I pray this morning as you hear the miracle word of God, if you'll receive the miracle word of God, and if you'll leave here, you'll turn as you're walking out of here to do the, and live the miracle word of God, that God is going to give you another heart. He's going to give you the heart to do it. And he said, then these signs shall come to pass that day. So I don't know about you, but I think it's kind of interesting how life unfolds. Where I'm at today is not where I ever dreamed to be and where what I'm doing today is beyond anything I could have even imagined. I think it's pretty neat how destiny unfolds. And I say unfolds on purpose because destiny is more of an unfolding than an arrival point. Some folks, they get very frustrated because they're always looking for their destiny. Is it at mile marker seven? Is it at mile marker eight? Where is my destiny? And, 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 and though one day, I believe we come to the moment and uh, they think they're going to stand in this particular place to say, okay, I've arrived in my destiny. I don't find that to be destiny. Honestly, from living 51 years and from studying the history of God's word of thousands of years, I find destiny is life as it is ongoing. 
When we are walking in destiny, we're walking through the pages of destiny as our life is ongoing. And, and, and that's why I'm confident in the fact to say destiny is working even when I don't know it's working. As long as I keep moving through life and, and, and letting God lead me and guide me and direct me and His anointing make the way, then I know that I'm walking in the destiny that He has for me as it unfolds. See, when your life is in the hands of God, even if you don't feel like things are working out right now, you've got to understand God knows who you are, God knows where you are, God knows where you started, and God knows where you're supposed to finish, and God is with you if you'll allow Him every step of the way and to find your full, the fulfillment of your destiny and knowing that God is in control. How many of you know you can trust God every step of the way? You can trust God. Every, you may not see God every step of the way. You may not feel God every step of the way. But you know that God is there. God is here every step of the way. I, I wish there was somebody who could put up your hand today with a, a declaration to say, I know God is still in control. Anybody in here? I know God is still in control. Even though I don't feel like it, even though it may not look like it, I know God is still in control because He is. Nothing and no one has toppled him from his throne. The story we're looking at this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 10, actually begins in chapter 9. And I saved you from reading all of that, but I'm going to give you the story, and here's what happens. Saul's father, Kish, had lost his donkeys, and they were very, very valuable. Donkeys in that day, if you had a, if you had a construction company, it would have been your heavy equipment. If you were a farmer, they were your tractors and your combines. It was the equipment that you had. Donkeys were very, very, very valuable. And, uh, and they looked something like this. And we're going to look at some donkeys here this morning uh, <laughs> as we move from donkeys to destiny. But uh, they, he lost his donkeys. So Kish sends his son Saul out to look for these donkeys, and, and, and this is how we see destiny unfolding. See, see, sometimes destiny begins to unfold because we have a sense of loss. He lost his donkeys, so he said, son, you got to go. And it may be a loss sometimes in our life that causes us to wake up or to pack up and move to search out that which was lost. And, and we think it's about donkeys or that which was lost, but it's really about destiny. And I'll show you that in this message this morning. I'm here to encourage you, and somebody needs to hear this right now, that God even can use a sense of loss to get you moving into a place of destiny. So if you've got loss in your life today, while there may be grief that will come with that loss, do not let the enemy say, this is the end. You by faith say, this is the beginning. I don't know what God's going to do through this. I don't know how He's going to work it out, but I know He's going to work it out. And I'm moving forward into the fulfillment of my destiny. How many people do you know came to Christ because they had a sense of loss in their life? Just think about it. People felt something was missing in their life. They, that, that, that's what brought them to the altar. It made them look towards God because nothing else was fulfilling. They may have ended up with loss of their freedom and ended up in, in jail. And there is where they found Christ. Don't laugh at jailhouse uh, religion when you hear people say that. While some may want to take advantage and, uh, and abuse the system, there are genuinely men and women who come to find their destiny and begin to walk out their destiny coming up out of the prison system. We had... Uh, 
Brother Pete's uh, celebration of life service yesterday and, and the story goes back into the 70s when he himself went into the, through the Teen Challenge program and then uh, excelled and done so well that they hired him on to be a counselor and to be uh, kind of the papa of the camp there and there were men here speaking, ministers, missionaries speaking, people who have impacted the lives of thousands of people speaking who went through the program to stay out of jail, went through the program, threatened Brother Pete that they were going to kill him you know, in their first weeks there. But Brother Pete didn't back down. He stood strong in the faith and the uh, fearlessness he had in the Lord and, and the authority that he had. And now these men were here ministering yesterday and they were preaching and, and had been all over the world doing the work of God because it started with a sense of loss. It started with them looking for one thing and they end up finding the other. And that's the good news I bring to you today, that, that you may be living with some bad news right now. And, 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 and you're in a bad news position because something's incomplete maybe in your life, or something's lost in your life, or something's not quite where it's supposed to be. But I've come to give you good news here at Christian Embassy, that it's through that sense of loss that will help get you motivated. And if you will just turn it over to God and lean on God and trust in the Lord, He will guide you through this and bring you to another level of existence, of fulfillment of your destiny. And what the devil meant for evil gets turned for good. What a good God we serve. Hallelujah. So Saul went looking for these donkeys and, and uh, he thinks that's his purpose is to find the donkeys, but he actually goes through the process and comes back with an anointing for a kingdom. He went out looking for donkeys and came back with an anointing for the kingdom of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? And as he went, he went through five different regions and I believe the Lord would have us learn something from these five regions. The first place he went is he went looking for that which was lost. Is he went to Ephraim, which means doubly fruitful. It means the land of plenty, the easy place. Now, now look at your neighbor and say, doesn't that just sound like you? That when you're looking for what's lost, you go to the easy place. We want it, we want it easy, don't we? We want the fulfillment of what God has for us to come easy to us, that land of more than enough. And isn't it ter a terrible irony in life to, that we find that we usually don't find what we need? We don't find our fulfillment. We don't find that which is lost in the easy place, but we like to start there. Our flesh loves to start there. Amen. And uh, I, I've seen people before that, that when their life was under a struggle and their life was not easy, they're seeking out God and they're, they're declaring and singing, Oh God, you're all that I want, you're all that I need. But unfortunately, when they reach Ephraim, that fruitful place where everything gets kind of easy and they get their raise and they get their promotion and everything is beautiful, we have a tendency to stop singing, God, you're all I want. We have a tendency to say we're even too busy for God. Come on now. So he went to Ephraim, the easy place. He didn't find it there. So he moves on to the next place, and it is Shalisha. Now, Shalisha, that's not the hairdresser down the street. That's not what I'm talking about. But Shalisha is a territory. And in this territory, it means three to unfold into thirds or to fold into thirds. And, and, and the expanded meaning means to restore in thirds. And we know that the God that we serve is very partial to the three. 
We, we know that with the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one, that God reveals Himself to us in three, in Cilicia. We know the way He created us, spirit, soul, and body. We've got to try there as well, as, as it makes up the wholeness of who we are. We know as we measure time, we measure it in the Trinity of past, present, and future, and all three are very, very important to us. In our love, God even tells us it's a trinity that we're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So we've got to love God, we've got to love ourselves, and we've got to love our neighbors. Today on this Baptism Sunday, there's also the trinity of baptisms in the Scripture that says we need three baptisms. What are the three baptisms? The Bible says that when you as an unbeliever turn to God and say, Jesus, I call upon your name. I need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm lost. I want to be found. I'm blind. I need to see. And you turn to God's provision for salvation in and through His only begotten Son, Jesus, and you call on Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus brings us into salvation. That, that by placing our faith in Him, declaring His Lordship, and believing God's raising from the dead, we're saved. Now, the Bible teaches specifically when you get saved, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. A miracle takes place. A miracle of God by His Holy Spirit. The Bible says when you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. So we become a part of the body of Christ. We become sons and daughters of God through our faith confessed in Jesus Christ, but it is the Holy Spirit who positions us in the body of Christ. It's called the baptism into the body of Christ that comes at salvation. There's no water, there's no oil, there's none of that involved in that. It is you being placed in, immersed into, put into the family of God. The miracle takes place. The old is past and all things have become new. You're born again. There's a birthing that takes place. The Holy Spirit does that. But then there's a second baptism, and that's the baptism of the minister, where the minister baptizes us into a body of water. The first baptism is when at salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. The second baptism is where Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. You must confess me publicly and baptism He has given to us to be a public confession and an outward expression of an inward work that God has done. That we have died to ourselves and been buried in Christ, that's going into the water, and then resurrected through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we too have been resurrected to a new life as a son or a daughter of God. So that is our outward testimony where the minister baptizes you in water. We'll have that in just a few moments. And then there's a third baptism the Scripture talks about. John the Baptist actually was the first one to, to bring it into the New Testament's limelight where he's out actually baptizing people in water. And he says, I baptize you unto repentance, but there's one coming after me that I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He says, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then he points and he said, there he is. Jesus is standing on the bank. There he is. There's the Son of God. There he is, the Son of God who has come to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. 
So the third baptism is when Jesus Christ baptizes us in the Holy Spirit and with fire where the power of God and the purposes of God and the will of God and the gifts of God are flowing freely through us because we're immersed, we're yielded, we're filled, we're overflowing with the Spirit of God. There's a surrender to there. Just as you must surrender to to Jesus Christ's Lordship for the Holy Spirit to baptize you into the body of Christ to be born again and just like you have to surrender to the pastor or minister who's going to put you under the water. You could fight it, but you've got to surrender to go under. You thirdly have to surrender to Jesus to fill you, baptize you, and, and immerse you in the power flow of the Spirit of God. So we see three is very, very important to God. So the land of Cilicia is a place of restoration, restoring in thirds. I put the three-part puzzle together where it all is coming together. Here he goes through the land of Cilicia and God is putting things together, but that's not where he finds the donkeys, what he's lost, and that's not where he finds his destiny. So he keeps moving on and he comes to a third territory, and that's called Shalim. Now Shalim means the land of foxes, okay? It seems like when you're out looking for what seems lost in search for your destiny, that we all have to pass through the land of Shalim, a place of deceitful people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you have to walk through the land of foxes. Now, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but at one time or another in your life, you've all had to walk through the land of Shalim. And and let and, and let me just remind you, everybody doesn't love you. Come on now. I'm here to wake you up from La La Land and let you know that there's some, there, you got some haters out there. They may not have told you, but you got some haters. They're upset with your blessings. They don't want to see you succeed. And, and I don't want you to get a victim mentality. We're not camping and we're not building a house in Shalim. We're passing through Shalim. I just want you to sober up to the fact that everybody doesn't want you to be blessed and everybody doesn't want you to be happy and everybody doesn't want you to be successful. The enemy uses their weakness. It's not them. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not them, but the enemy's using their weakness to try and discourage you and trying to get you de- Derailed. So settle the fact that if you're going to unlock your destiny, you may have to spend a little time in the land of Shalim, the land of foxes, sneaky folk, trickery folk, backstabbers, hypocrites, speaking one thing to your face and saying another thing on Facebook. Okay, it's part of the journey, but don't stop there. It's part of the journey, but don't stop there. I remember when uh, my uh, aunt and uncle that I lived with in Bible college, they were going to Chicago for uh, some type of training. He was CPA and he was going there for some training and he wanted me to go along with him. It was kind of a vacation uh, working trip. And in driving to, from here, to, or from Greenville, South Carolina to Chicago, I found that there's a lot of flat land a lot of farmland. We got out to Gary, Indiana, and I was like, does anybody live here? You know, And it's miles and miles and miles. As far as you can see, fields. I mean, I grew up in farming, but we had, we had trees. These fields were so big you didn't even see trees. It was absolutely just went nowhere, went everywhere. And after hours of that, I got really, really bored. I mean, it just one, one thing looked like the next. One corn... Uh, stalk of corn looked like the other stalks of corn. You know, just millions of stalks of corn. It just went on and on and on. And uh, I'm so glad that we didn't stop there and say, here's our vacation. This is it. That we were able to pass through 
that seemingly barren land and find some good hotels and some good restaurants and some things to enjoy. And, 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 and Shalim is the same thing. It's a land of foxes. You may have to pass through it, but remember that, that what the enemy means for evil, God's going to turn it for good if you'll just keep moving. Just keep moving. Don't stop there. Saul didn't stop there. He and the servant that went with him kept moving, and they came to the fourth region that they'd come to, and that was Benjamin. Now, Benjamin is the land of his fathers. Benjamin, of the right hand. And it talks about the past. The past. So it's the land of the past. And I say, and I sit and I prayed and I said, God, what are you saying to us through this? And he said, in order for you to get to your destiny, you have to pass through your past. You can't stay there. Okay. There has to come a time when you stop trying to figure out why all your peoples did what all your peoples did. Okay. You just got to let that go. You got to let that go. You can't figure them out. No more than your kids are going to be able to figure out some of the things you did. Give them a break. Move on. Your destiny is not there. Your destiny is not found in your history. Now, your history is filled with many man-made mistakes and successes, and you can learn from each of them, and you should to keep and avoid from repeating them and to build upon the successes so you can go to the next level. But you've got to get past your past in order to get into your future. I say that again, you got to get past. Somebody needs to hear that. you got to get past your past in order to get into your future. You can't stay in your past. I was done wrong in my past, weren't we all? I was shortchanged in our, my past, weren't we all? My past is worse than your past. Well, who's, who's, who's the judge on that? Surely yours was worse to you, but other people, theirs was to them. Your past is your past. Let it go under the blood of Jesus. Let it go under the redemptive work of Jesus Christ along with your sin. Amen? So that you can move on into your future. So Saul and his servant, they did not stay in Benjamin, but they continued to move on to Zuf. And when they get to Zuf, this is a land located in the territory of Judah, and it means honeycomb. Now this is about the hour of the day. That, that looks really good, doesn't it? I'm telling you why. So I wanted to find one where the honey was spilling over the, the container, but no one took a picture of that, so I had to stick with this, and I wasn't going to make a mess in our house just to prove a point. But it means the honeycomb, the overflow, overflow. It means the sweet place in praise and thanksgiving because uh, Azuf is in Judah. So it's the sweet place that's in praise and thanksgiving. The overflow of praise and thanksgiving. So before your destiny is unlocked, you're going to have to find the sweet place in praise. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, now remember, you still don't have your donkeys. This is very important. You still don't have what you went out looking for. You still have not recovered what maybe was lost. But you've got to find your sweet place in praise anyhow. You've got to find that sweet place in praise anyhow. You got to stop saying, oh, just wait, when God gives me my breakthrough, when God gives me my miracle, when God gives me my promotion, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear this church up. I know that, sound, that sounds funny and some folks talk like that, but let's don't really tear the church up. I understand what you mean. But I would say to you this, don't wait to tear the church up or don't wait to break out in praise and don't wait to, 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 to give, ascribe glory and honor to God until you get your breakthrough. Here, you've got to find your sweet spot before you even find what you lost or you even find your destiny. 
I believe God would say, I want you to praise me now. I want you to thank me now. There's two portions to Thanksgiving, and it's good to hear that this week as we're going into this Thanksgiving week. And that is there's a Thanksgiving in faith, and then there's a Thanksgiving in gratitude. Now, Thanksgiving in gratitude is you've blessed me. I write you a thank you card. Thank you. Or I uh, tell you thank you. And I hug your neck and I say thank you. That's gratitude. And we all should be grateful. But I've already received it. I've already eaten the chicken soup. I've already eaten the meatball soup. I've already eaten the cake you made. I've already enjoyed whatever and I'm thanking you. But there's also a Thanksgiving in faith. And that touches the heart of God in a mighty way where we begin to thank Him before we've received it. It's We're doing it in faith, and without faith it's impossible to please God. That I'm going to thank you, God, for my healing before I get my healing. I'm going to thank you, God, for my breakthrough before I get my breakthrough. I'm going to thank you, God, for my promotion before I get my promotion. He said, you're going to enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. You're going to move into what I have for you through thanksgiving and praise. And it's hard to do that. You've got to discipline yourself. You've got to have your mind renewed by the Word of God to know that even though I don't feel like it, it doesn't seem right. It's just, how do I thank you for something I hadn't received yet? you got to realize that I am to find the sweet spot of praise before I find what I've lost. Before I find the donkeys or my destiny, I'm going to praise you, God, anyhow. You move beyond stuff. You move beyond what circumstances are before you. And you say, your mountain, I'm going to praise my way and God's going to rapture me over that mountain or give me the power to remove that mountain. But that mountain will not be there this time in my future because my God inhabits the praises of His people. Yashab, He moves in. Yashab, He moves in where we praise Him. Some people say the, the, the praise of, of, of thanksgiving of Gratitude is, God, your presence is here. We thank you. But the the thanksgiving of faith is, God, I don't see you working here. So, God, I'm going to praise you in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my need, in the midst of my loss. And then God says, I'll inhabit. And that word Hebrew, Yashop, I'll move in to where the praise is, and then I'll show myself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. But we have the tendency when we get it, Then we want to praise God. But I'm challenging you, before you get it, begin to praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's what Paul and Silas did, right? They're in a prison cell. They've been stripped. They've been beaten. They've been humiliated. They've lost all their rights. They've changed. They're behind a prison bar. They're in the inner cell, which is the the sewer of the prison. It's in the bottom chamber of the prison where the sewage flows and all the darkness and everything happens. And there at midnight, before they get get arraigned, before they get uh, their hearing, before they get set free, before anybody posts any bond to get them out, while they're still in their midnight, miserable state, midnight hour finds them praising God and God yashabs. He moves in. He rips the prison doors open. He takes the chains off of their feet. He removes the, I mean, the chains off of their hands. He removes the stocks off of their feet and he brings them excuse me, he brings them out. He brings them out. I'm telling you what, stop waiting till you've been brought out to praise God and begin to praise God who's going to bring you out. Amen. So I'm here to say we need to get up every day and say, if I've got breath, I need to praise you, the Lord. Isn't that what Psalms 150 says? Let everything that had breath praise you, the Lord. Go ahead. 
Oh, I got breath. Ask Pastor Rodica what I do in the mornings. I get up singing. She says, oh, what's going to be the song in the morning? I say, I don't know. I don't know. But I wake up singing and uh, singing songs of praise. And that's something I disciplined myself to do uh, some time back. But now it's become just who I am because I found that this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. My feet have not yet hit the floor, but I know he's got a miracle in the making and he's supernaturally going to do and move in such mighty ways and there's joy unspeakable and full of glory and any problem the devil brings against me, God's going to give me wisdom. He's going to show me what to do. He's going to show me he, any problem that comes against me. He's going to give me the strength to overcome it. So I'm just going to start praising him before I even get out of the bed. Hallelujah. And you get up and if you have hands, you should use those hands to, to clap the Lord. Clap praises unto the Lord and to lift them before the Lord. You should make some. If you've got any sense about you to make any noise, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. God loves to hear from us. Hallelujah. Sometimes, though, we don't see that praise is plowing. And prayer is plowing. And studying God's word is plowing. They're not gifts. You understand? You just push. You press on. You don't quit. I'd love to hear, tell you <clears throat> that if you'll come and touch this altar in a certain place or if I had a certain vitamin to give you that everything's going to be happy clappy for the rest of your life and you're only going to feel uh, goosebumps and, and, and highs from day, now on... <clears throat> Because you want to serve God, I can't tell you that. I can tell you God will be there with you. He'll be there for you. He'll there strengthen you. He'll there flow. He's there to flow through you. But there's a part of you who's got to push. There's a part of you who's got to press on. You can't quit. It's a discipline. You will find out that if you will keep praying and you will keep pushing and you will keep praising Him, even when you don't feel like it, sooner or later you're going to find that sweet spot. You'll break through. You'll break through. I know there's been times in my life when it's been very bleak and very dark and very quiet and very painful. And, and I said, the only way I can get out of this is I need to usher in, usher in the presence of God and the power of God. So I'd begin to praise God because I know God can't lie. And in his word, he said he inhabits the praises of his people. And I said, God, I need your habitation here. I need your habitation here. I'm hurting so bad. I need your habitation here. I remember one time I thought it was a kidney stone. I still don't know what it was, but it was the most painful thing I've ever gone through. I've heard men say or women say that. That had kidney stones said it was like giving childbirth very close to it we know now why men don't give childbirth because if we had one baby we'd never have any more and there'd be no population because we don't like pain it was the most painful thing it would not let up the more I the more I, I I sought help the worse it got but let me tell you what I got to the place I was in my office the same place where I prayed in the spirit and got in the word of God and preached thousands of messages I was walking in so much pain or dragging in so much pain breathing in pain I didn't know I could have taken I was hyperventilating I I was trying to breathe, like, like to teach the ladies to breathe, giving birth. I was trying everything. And, and, and then I just, it just hit me. He says, you need the habitation of God here. The presence of God will push this pain out, will take care of this problem. And, and it didn't feel like no praise in me, I can tell you that. There was no the minor note that was causing me to lift up. Uh, but I said, I need God, and I know God's not a liar, and He inhabits the praise of His people. So I'm going to usher in the healing power of God through this praise. And I begin to praise. And it sounded like some of our praise on an early service sometimes when it's really cold outside. <clears throat> it was really hard. It was really uh, a work in progress. <clears throat> but I said, 
God, you said make a joyful noise, so I'm just going to keep, in my misery, I'm going to keep. And I began to praise. And, I'm, and I would love to tell you in 30 seconds, wham, it all took place. It didn't. It was some plowing. It was plowing some hard soil. <clears throat> but I kept on <clears throat> because I know God's word is true. And I know God cannot lie. He's not a man that he can lie. So I said, if I'll keep pressing, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. And God, I need you now like I've never needed you before. I'm almost to the place I can't stand. I don't know how to stand it. I can't stand it, but I have to stand it because I can't get away from it. What do I do? And I just praise and I 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 praise. And let me tell you what, there was a breakthrough. I can't tell you if it was a 39,000th praise, but there was a breakthrough. And, and, and at that moment, it was worth it all. When the pain immediately left and has never come back since, it was worth it all. Hallelujah. It was worth it all. So I'm here to tell you, don't think it's just going to be Ephraim, that easy place. And, and don't think that it's just going to happen. Uh, it can, it can. But if it doesn't, be prepared to press on through Cilicia. And to press on, if you've got to come into the land of foxes, press through. People are coming against you, press through. People are turning on you. Keep pressing on. And just keep pressing on. And you come to your past and your past says, you know what? You are not worthy to do this. Look at where you messed up here. Look at what happened to you here. You weren't loved back here. How are you going to be loved now? And you've got to say, I've got to get past my past to get into my future. And you've got to keep pressing through. And then you get to this place of, uh, uh, of Zoph. And there, you, you, there's a sweet spot. There, there's honey that's been prepared. And you just praise Him. It's in Judah. And you can taste of the sweet spot there. But guess what? Even though they were able to eat some honey there, they didn't find the donkeys in Zuff. Oh, now us Pentecostals, the Charismatics, really lose our religion right there. We had a Holy Ghost shouting, singing, praising service, and I didn't get my miracle. What happened? Man, I had a Holy Ghost, ingly tingly experience with God, and the problem's still there. Come on now. They had to keep pressing on. They had to keep pressing on. I love uh, when you think about a great concert. I've been to a great concert before. When I was at a great concert, uh, it was uh, the crescendo and the fi finale was just amazing. And, and I noticed uh, uh, at the end of it, I was in Bible college, grew up on a farm, never been to a big concert. So I was at this concert and it was just amazing. And I'm like, this is, this is just ter terrific. And at the end of it, I was like, I want to hear more. And everybody's clapping, and guess what? They just kept clapping, and they kept clapping, and they kept clapping. So I kept clapping. As I kept clapping, they kept clapping. And next thing I know, it was calling for an encore. I never experienced that. And they came back out, and they did that final number again, and we got to enjoy it again. Come on now. I believe what we need to do is put our hands together and begin to clap on the goodness and the blessings of what God has done already for us and say, God, you were so good back then. I know you're going to be God. And I believe God will move in and do an encore for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to, be, we've got to get freed up in our expression of thanksgiving and praise to God. Amen. But and get into that sweet spot of praise. That's a good place. But here, he still did not find what he was looking for. He did not find what had happened. So, so Saul tells him this. Go back home. And he tells him this. Guess what? While you were out here, the donkeys returned home several days ago. 
Your dad now is worried about where you're at. You're out here looking for the donkey, and the donkeys, and, and the donkey's already home. Well, before that happened, uh, Saul was discouraged at Zuth or Zuth. And because he'd been at his sweet spot, that place of praise, but he didn't find what he wanted, so he says, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm discouraged. I'm giving up. I can't miss this point because some of us have the tendency as well, myself included, to get discouraged when the breakthrough didn't break through when we wanted to break through to come through, right? And he's ready to go back. But the Spirit of God, who's represented by the servant, said to him, don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here to say to you, it's why you need to be baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit so that you can lean on Him and He will provide for you the encouragement. He will provide for you the strength. He will provide for you the wisdom to keep going. So here, Samuel is still keep going, and then he comes to Saul, and Saul says, I mean, he, uh, Saul is keep going, and Sam, he comes to Samuel, and Samuel says, guess what? What you're looking for has already been taken care of. But don't just go back home. You thought you were out for donkeys, but you're for destiny. You're looking for donkeys, but I'm bringing an anointing on you for a kingdom for such a time as this. So he tells uh, Saul, I want you to go back home. And as you're moving back home, I want you to come to this place at Gilgal. And when you get there, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be people. They're going to have three goats. They're going to have three loaves of bread. And he goes into detail so that Saul would know this is what the Lord showed him. And then uh, there's going to become these prophets down. And they're going to be prophesying. And they're going to have stringed instruments. And they're going to be singing. And there's going to be a walking, living, talking, praise and worship band going. He said, when you meet up with them, I want you to spend some time with them. So uh, you'll start prophesying. The spirit of prophecy will come on you. you start prophesying. And when you leave there, when you leave there, God's going to change your heart. God's going to expand you to w- fulfill the destiny of that which he has for you. So here Saul goes and he does just that. And it happens exactly the way that the prophet had said. And the Bible says that uh, God gave him a new heart. Gave him a new heart. My prayer for you today is that whatever the loss is, whatever you've been searching for, whatever you've missed in the past, whatever foxes that have come in and tried to destroy you, whatever easy places you hoped it would happen there, but it didn't happen there, even the sweet spots and the, where, the, where the praise was high and, and it still didn't happen, I want to encourage you to take the word of the Lord and say, I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on because God's got a miracle for me. I'm going to meet it on the road. He met his miracle on the road. It wasn't in a place. And that, I believe God's saying something about destiny there. Our destiny is to be lived out on the road. It's not to be lived out in a retirement home, per se, where we park ourselves. Oh, I'm here. I've got this position. This is it. Destiny is unfolding, ever unfolding. And God wants to use you supernaturally and miraculously this week, this day, today, tomorrow. Tuesday, all the way through this week, he wants to use you supernaturally. But he's got to be able to change your heart. He's got to be able to expand your heart. Will you give it to him right now? Will you yield it to him right now? Father God, we just bow our heads before you, Lord. Each and every one of us here, God, we're here because we want to fulfill the destiny that you've called us. We want to honor you with our life. 
We want to take the businesses and we want to take the, the positions in companies and we want to take the, the, the seat that we sit in in our classroom and we want to take the position we have in our neighborhood, in our community, as a family and in our church, God, and we want to use it, Lord, to fulfill your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we know we can't do that unless we let you touch our heart and do a miracle in us this morning. And I pray, God, that every person under the sound of my voice would just place their right hand over their heart and it's a sign to say to you, God, God, here, here it is. Here's my heart. God, take me, expand it, take me. Help me work through the things that are messing me up in my heart. Help me get through Ephraim. Help me get through Benjamin. Help me get through Cilicia. Help me get through Shalim. Help me, Lord. Help me get uh, through Zuf there. God, help me so I can move into the fulfillment of that which you have for me. Heal what is broken, I pray, Lord God. Lord God, help fulfill that empty place with you and not people and not stuff. Fill it with you, Lord God. My hand is over my heart, God, as I say unto you, here it is, Lord. Jesus, come in and fill my heart with your presence, with your character, with your power, with your love. God, you changed Saul's heart. You expanded it. You, you made it ready so that he could walk into his destiny. God, I ask you today, expand our hearts. Expand our hearts now, God, and make them, give them the capacity to walk out our destiny of that which you've called us to do. And let it begin right now. As Saul turned and began to walk it out, you changed his heart. As we turn and walk out of this building today, God, change our heart. I pray. Hallelujah. So, Lord God, we just pray that the miracle of heaven would flow right now into the depth of our heart to bring healing and wholeness, wisdom, anointing, character, and favor. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my tomorrow. I give you my today. And I give you my yesterday. For me to live, I want to live for you. Just tell him that, Jesus, for me to live, I want to live for you. I want to do what you've created me to do. I know I have a destiny, and I want to fulfill it, Lord God. And while I've been out here with, with this loss, searching for this loss, you've helped me discover my destiny. Jesus, I call on your name. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I commit my life and my way unto you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord.